You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You know what helps? When you actually plug in your headphones. Yeah, like, why am I not hearing anything? (laughs) That was weird. You had that panic look in your eyes. Like, wait a second. Why am I not hearing anything? It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. That was fun with Ailish and Justin in Toronto. I enjoyed that. Did everyone else hear that? That was did, here? Did was we hear it here, Alex? Did it work? Could you put it on the air? Or were yeah. we CBS? What was the deal? Could, in fact. I actually had a bit of a scare, but I didn't want to freak you guys out. So I didn't tell you. But I didn't have the 590 feed for a sec. I had to do some some engineering he had to work. think on his feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got it all sorted. It was. It sounded great. Do you know what the irony is? As we were upstairs, and George looked at me, he said, "Are they going to be able to do this downstairs?" And I said, "This is the easiest thing they could possibly. <laughs> this is the easiest thing they could do. This is like up in a Jays game, child's play." Wow, that's funny. We had to use the Jays yeah, feed. That's, what we did. that's exactly what I would have done from the start. There we go. Good job, gents. Um, we're going to hear from Brody on the beat, the best segment in Canadian radio at the bottom of the hour. That last segment, close second. Well, 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, nine sixty, nine sixty on the text line. Now we're asking you: the Leafs are in town tonight to play the Flames. Outside of the Oilers, uh, what's the second team you hate the most in the NHL, and why? We got tickets to the fifth annual uh, wing off in support of Calgary Kids Sport down at Cowboys. It goes down a week tonight, so we're giving away a pair of tickets to that. Tell us, outside of the Oilers, who's the NHL team you hate the most, and why? Nine sixty, nine sixty, name and location. But joining us on the line right now, he's our man, uh, Sportsnet 960 NHL insider from Daily Faceoff, Frank Servali, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? I'm just a 275-pound man going downhill on a scooter with one wheel trying to make it to the finish line. Okay. All right. Um, 275, So really holding eh? it together. Yeah. 275, uh, really? Just trying to keep it within the handlebars. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, what's your sleep schedule been like lately? Not good. Not nearly enough. <laughs> yeah, like it's... I much... fell asleep at my desk last uh, two nights ago <laughs> oh, for no. the first time ever. Oh, really? Oh, no. Was right it like... in the middle of the John Quick trade. Like, I had most of the details. I <laughs> tweeted them out there. I was typing the story. Yeah. It was 225 Eastern. I'm texting people east and west, like, pinging people's phones, trying to get the last little detail in the trade, and yep. Woke up at three something with drool all over my face. Well, good for you because I woke up and I saw that trade and I said, well, good for Frank because that was awfully late. It was way too late for us out here, Wes. So good job on that. And I guess um, with all this action leading up to the deadline, how much more do you expect to see today? Like every day has had a couple of little surprises for us to enjoy leading up to the deadline. Look, I, I called it wild card week on Monday and I meant it. Um, I, I still think there's more fireworks to come. And I think the bigger question, rather than trying to figure out who's left, I mean, you could go through my trade targets board and pick at that carcass. I think it's actually way more beneficial to try and work through each conference as to which teams are still looking for players. And Mm -hmm. so I went team by team in the West. and, And as I just mentioned, I'm 275 pounds. And since I like food, I grouped them all by grocery store category so we've got the still shopping the in the checkout lane the gathering ingredients for a weird stew okay in the candy aisle in the discount aisle which is where you would find the calgary flames and then approaching expiration date on friday which is a few other teams that are trying to get rid of some goods that are quite literally going to expire at the end of the season Uh, we obviously want to ask you about the calgary flames and we'll dive into that in a second but if you're Patrick Alvine and the Vancouver Canucks, if you see Steve Eiserman calling you, maybe not answer the phone next time, Frank. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that at all. Um, you see the price paid for Jacob Chikrin yesterday, a first and two seconds. Philip Aronik is a different defenseman than Jacob Chikrin, but his actual impact on the game is very similar. And he's a year older, so he has, you know, less cost certainty because there's only one year left on his deal as opposed to two for Chikrin. They're different. As I said, one's a shooter and one's a facilitator, but Heronic is a way better defender. So here's the thing. That's why I put the Canucks in that category of gathering, gathering ingredients for a weird stew. Yeah. You have to reserve judgment until you can taste test it. 
and what I mean by that is there's clearly other moves to come. They're 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 I'd I'd be shocked if they don't dump a major salary between now and Friday at 3 p.m. So there's that. But for a team that is rebuking against the idea of full on rebuilding, which I understand Mm. with when you have pieces like Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko, like your 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 likelihood of actually really bottoming out is, is very low. You have to gather as many players as you can that are impact guys. And Hironic is one of those impact guys. Now let's see what else they can cook. Like, let's see what else they can come up with because they've, they're in a spot where it's it, the, the means of the game is to collect as many impact players as you can. And they got one yesterday. Yeah. I just, let's, let's wait. Yeah. I just don't understand the timing of it. Right. Because that Islanders pick, if if they're not going to make the playoffs, that that's a juicy, juicy first round pick. They just handed over to the Detroit Red Wings. And again, it it actually makes less sense from the Red Wings perspective. They're right on the edge of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You could have had more teams involved. And I'm told, in fact, Steve Eiserman did not shop this deal. It was a one call trade. Interesting. Well, he mm. obviously so why, had his eyes what, on that. What does Detroit have up their sleeve over yeah. these next forty-eight? What's the impetus to right. do that but, right now? But but don't I don't you trust Steve Eiserman a hell of a lot more than what the Vancouver Canucks are doing? And that's kind of what the genesis of my question I'm was. From when Philly, I, asked I don't trust anyone. Okay, well, yeah, of course, <laughs> and that's we don't have time to go into your damaged childhood growing up in Philadelphia. But like the Steve Eiserman built the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's great that Julian Breezebaugh is trying to tinker here, but he's the reason why that team won those Stanley Cups. Obviously, bonding mode and getting those draft picks and hitting in those draft picks is a big reason for that too. But I got to give Eiserman the benefit of the doubt over anything the Vancouver Canucks do ever. That's essentially what I'm telling you. Okay. I, I, I appreciate that. What did you make of the Michael Granlund trade yesterday with the second rounder? Okay, so a lot of people are down on this as well, and I'm going to push back on it. I've seen the reports out there today, the columns saying time for Hextall to go. Like, this is like the third one in a week. Yep. Um, it, there's a lot happening in the Steel City. And I would say that when you look at Granlin and all the different areas of the game that he impacts, he's a grinder, first off. Second, power play, penalty kill, and he scores at even strength. And he's got two more years at a reasonable five million bucks. I know everyone in Pittsburgh is shrieking, saying another guy over 30. Like, what are we doing? I just feel like they can't have it both ways. Like you talk about improving your bottom six. Well, this just pushed another forward down to the bottom six to improve it. And Granlin is still really serviceable. Two more years at five million. He's going to be north of 50 points again this year. How much more production Mm. and value do you want one player to bring on a five million dollar deal it's entirely reasonable and they didn't have to give up a whole ton to get him in a second round pick Uh, the thing is about the penguins too and i know um ron hextall catching a lot of arrows on social media but honestly frank like they they had to hold on to all those guys malkin wasn't going anywhere latang they signed him to those big deals it's a thanks for the three cups and whatever the penguins do okay are they going to probably win another Stanley Cup with those guys? Probably not. But that's just that's just the business and how it works. You win three cups, you pay those guys all that amount of money. Sure, you're trying to recapture maybe some of that old glory and be a tough team to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But the Penguins are who they are at this point. An aging team with an aging core that has won three championships. And you just try to hope that they can grab some magic in the Stanley Cup playoffs and have a deep run. But we're going to see a lot more of this from Pittsburgh in a few years to come, not just this year, right? Yeah, but the point is, if you're going to try and improve this team to give them a better chance with all those contracts that they signed with the aging core, don't trade first round picks to do it. So they traded a second and people are still losing their mind. They're trying to do some damage this year. Whether they can or not remains to be seen. I would bet against it based on what we've seen from this group, but who knows? It's The randomness of this sport cannot be properly uh, quantified. Uh, Sportsnet 960 NHL insider Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. All right, you said the Flames are in like the discount, the day old aisle in the bakery, trying to get like all the bread that's in the plastic bag they that got was the yesterday. 30% off yeah. stickers slapped on the front. For sure. Uh, is there anything to be said for the Calgary Flames now, Frank, are the only team since the regular season began who have yet to make one move? 
Is that weird to you or not weird at all? Not weird at all. I mean, first off, we've talked for a while now, the last few weeks, what pieces would you begin to sell off for a team that is clearly trying to be good again next year? When you have surplus value from guys like Toffoli and Lindholm and and Hannafin, like whatever, you know, those guys are playing at a level far above their cap hit. Why, why would you give that value to someone else? You mm. need it next year. So not sellers and not huge buyers because they've done nothing to inspire confidence to be a buyer this year. So you're kind of right now in this, I, I, I want to call it murky middle. You're, you're, you're discount shopping. I, I said for the flames, their mission and mandate over these next 30 hours is to be the last dog at the dog bowl mm. to get a player that for whatever reason, the market hasn't moved on on Friday and get him for dirt cheap mid to late round picks somewhere that you can improve on the margins without sacrificing really anything to give this team a slightly better shot to get into the playoffs this year. And that's it. Tell us about what happened with Jonathan Quick and the LA Kings. Where to start? Uh, so the story goes that Jonathan Quick, play, uh, he's the backup in Winnipeg on Tuesday night. And he's he you know goes through his usual post-game routine, is walking out to the bus, and someone hands him a phone and they say, it's Rob Blake, he'd like to talk to you. And he thought he thought it was a joke picks up the phone and Rob says, uh, John, we've traded you to Columbus. Oof. <sighs> Kicking that, the pills. Yeah, that hurts. So, yeah, uh, to say that, as I reported the other day, to say that John Quick was unhappy was is maybe the understatement of the year. And I think everyone understands the nature of the business. Look, no one in this in this you know, watching that's listening to this or anywhere is feeling sorry for Jonathan quick, $60 million career earnings. Um, these are millionaires getting traded for other millionaires to go fly around on private jets. We all get it. So in the grand scheme of life, not a big deal. However, I think the point that I would make is that on any given team in any given franchise on the 23 man roster, about 20 of those players are more or less pieces of meat. And I say that uh, lovingly in the sense that you don't need to treat them any differently than anyone else. But when you have a guy who was a playoff MVP and helped deliver two Stanley Cups to your city, yeah. he doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract, but to blindside him and then send him to the 32nd place team in the league mm. with six weeks remaining on a 10-year contract is tough to take. Yeah. Um, like, uh, he, he's like, you gave Dustin Brown a statue earlier this season, and then you do this to his goaltender for those Stanley Cup runs. That was the part well, where I was like, this doesn't make sense. They did this with Dustin Brown, too. They stripped yeah. the C off of his jersey. So they didn't end up trading him, but they tried for years, and then they overcompensate at the end with an over-the-top ceremony, and they're going to have to do that again mm. with, with Jonathan mm. Quick now. And guess what? No matter how that ends, no matter what the statue looks like and the jersey and the rafters, whenever that gets raised to the roof, this part of it is always going to be there. It's never going to dissipate, and that's a tough, tough uh, pill to swallow. Um, does he even play one second for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Frank? No, he actually is not flying to Columbus. I'm told that he's remained in L.A., and I reported yesterday that the Blue Jackets were well down the track with the Vegas Golden Knights on a trade. It hasn't materialized yet and may not because there's salary cap considerations for Vegas. They've got a few other irons in the fire, and they're trying to sort those out first before then trying to make this work with Quick. I was told last night wouldn't be happening then. It's possible today. May need to wait further, but again, might not happen at all. And so... Until it's done, it's not done, and, and Quick remains property of the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is weird to say. Do you know how Quick might feel about going to a different contender at this point? Oh, he, he'd be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Just a chance to win. Like, this guy's the ultimate competitor. He, he doesn't see himself, even at this current stage in his career, as a backup. 
or let alone as someone that's going to be the third goalie. He wants to compete for a starting job. That was his goal heading into next season is, you know, I'm going to push Cal Peterson or Phoenix Copley or whoever it is for that number one job. And, you know, maybe the best part of uh, one of the most successful traits of being an NHL player is supreme confidence that you can be that guy even at age 37 with an 876 save percentage this year. Uh, Frank, uh, let me tell you that Elliot Friedman reporting Tyler Bertuzzi on his way to Boston. I saw that, and I saw the key words in the tweet were maybe going to Boston. So um, I obviously speaking to you guys, uh, I have no outside <laughs> intel, haven't been able to make a call or, or a text, but uh, Elliot has been pretty spot on these last few weeks. Um, and what does a Bertuzzi acquisition by the Bruins mean to them? Oh, it, it's, <laughs> it is like chef's kiss. He's like Brad Marchand light is, is what Tyler Bertuzzi is when he's healthy. He's got so much edge. He's a little spark plug and he's, he's a really talented player. Like you look at Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, this is a guy that, you know, put up some pretty significant numbers last season uh, amid COVID uh, 62 points in 68 games and touched 30 goals for the first time in his career. Like he's playing 20 minutes a night as a forward on a real last year, a bad team. So those are pretty gaudy numbers for a guy that uh, is certainly not afraid to play with an edge. Uh, is this maybe an indication that Felino might be out long-term because we saw him get banged up against the Flames? Uh, that would be a smart connection or a smart dot to connect. Fascinating. Look at you guys. Look at, look at us. Just a couple of scrubs hey, up in Calgary. Sometimes a blind squirrel. Finds the nut, Frank. Sometimes yeah, he does. Every once in a while, those uh, word searches, we'd get all the words every once in a while. Uh, Matthias Eckholm, that's exactly what the Edmonton Oilers needed, but do you think they're done? I don't. Um, I think they've been hemming and hawing in their own uh, hockey ops department these last 24 hours. And I would say one of the really interesting things is watching a team like Boston they didn't have a ton of cap space left. You might say that they're more or less tapped out on assets based on, um, you know, what they've moved for Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. And yet here they are trying to continue to add the team that could tonight set the record for the fastest NHL team in history to 100 points. And they're saying, we're not done. We're going to get a 30 goal scorer who had, you know, near a point per game last year, if that ends up being the case. Like, it, is that not a reminder and a shot across the bow for anyone sitting in Edmonton today saying our team is good enough? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, but again, much like uh, it's a situation around the NHL, do you think the Oilers' goaltending is good enough for them to go really deep? I've had question marks about the Oilers' goaltending since the second that they put pen to paper. Um, you know, that is, that's, it's the question you could ask, I, I don't know, seven of these teams that are heading into the playoffs. Whatever the number is, it's a lot. I'd ask the same question about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, I yeah. I think Ilya Samsonov has acquitted himself well, but what happens if he falters? Who, who can you rely on next? You know, outside of really the Rangers and Bruins after, you know, uh, you guys just witnessed the Olmark show, the Islanders with Sorokin, like, which of these teams heading into the playoffs do you really feel comfortable about their goaltending? Winnipeg and Hellebuck? That's kind of it. Well, da Dallas and Ottinger, right? Oh, uh, sorry. D Dallas and Ottinger, correct. Okay, but so that's five. Five of 16. Yeah. You're it feeling warm and snuggly at night. Yeah, but even like a team like the Avalanche, Darcy Kemper was was good. He wasn't great. He didn't have to be great. For what a he wagon. was the he had the worst save percentage yeah. last year of any Stanley Cup winning goalie in NHL history. Yeah, like that's again he didn't have to be good. He just had to be okay. And, and he skipped the Oilers round, which would have not hurt, which would have not helped the save percentage. Yeah. Um. Wanted to ask you two really quickly here. Um. Well, we we got some time still. Um. The Flames are top three in goal in shots for and shots against. That means something when you look at all the previous Stanley Cup winners. They're at the top of those lists. It's been goaltending that's been the issue here in Calgary. If Jacob Markstrom can somehow, someway, snap back to being Jacob Markstrom here the last 20 games of the season, they're a playoff team, right? A hundred percent. 
it's it, I, I said it before. I believe it. It's it's not just a, a number I'm pulling out of thin air. It's somewhere between eight and twelve points this year is the Markstrom downturn has had on this team. And and look, you can talk about the Flames and their mental fragility, their lack of confidence, particularly when holding leads. But so much of that is also born from the idea of they know that they're not getting the stops they need. They know that if the wheels start to fall off, they're going to continue falling off because they're not any mistake they make is likely ending up in the back of their net. And that's not helping. So who are you waiting for today? Who, who you got the irons in the fire for? <laughs> well, uh, I'm feeling a, a little bit up mm-hmm. against it. With, um, I, 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 no joke, I was reforming my trade targets board for tomorrow, the final edition. And I literally had, before we started talking, had copy and pasted Tyler Bertuzzi to the number one spot. And so now I'm like quite literally back to the drawing board. Like, who can I put there now for the next seven minutes? You got some work to do, my man. Oh, like I said, scooter, downhill, one wheel. Just trying to make it. Yeah, it's official. Um, Friedman saying Boston it is for Bertuzzi. We're just waiting on the return. So we'll wait and we'll see. We'll keep yeah. our eyes peeled. He's off to uh, the uh, Provorov. Is that a guy that we should keep our eyes out for today? Yeah, Provorov. I would say Kevin Hayes, Carson mm. Susie from the Seattle Kraken, mm. um, Jacob Verana, also from the Detroit Red Wings. I think though, if you look at the Heronic trade and then the Bertuzzi trade. I think what we're picking up is that Steve Eiserman watched those couple games for Detroit, you know, prior, you know, over the weekend and said, this team's not good enough. Got to capitalize on the assets. Um, do you expect Montreal to be a little busier here than they have been with the amount of UFAs on that team? And they're willing to take on a lot of salary here. George wants them they're, to move Josh Anderson. They're trying. Like, why would you? They're not trying to move Josh Anderson. Just, okay, but. Just, but, but real quick, Frank, like the prices that are being paid for some of these players are outrageous. If you're Montreal, what would Josh Anderson fetch right now in this market? They knew last summer they turned down mega offers for Josh Anderson. Like, I don't get they, it. They love Josh Anderson. I understand like, that. Capital L. But this so team's it, not ready to win him. anytime soon. They're not. I actually will push back against that, too. Okay. Um, I think if they can find a way to get some defensemen this summer, that their forward group is pretty close to being one that can compete for a playoff spot. You know, they're going to sub out Drew Ann and, and, and some other guys, but they've got enough young talent coming that I think their forward mm. group is better than you might imagine. Is there any interest for Jonathan Drew Ann out there? It's it's very slight. Like he's gonna be one of those guys that like is two p.m. Eastern on Friday. <laughs> yeah. It's like Druan mm. Domi. Yeah. It, you know, really the the crime in this deadline for the Montreal Canadiens is their injuries. Like they could have gotten a ton for Joel Edmondson. His back, I was told, uh, and and I reported this. Teams view his back as a ticking time bomb. Um, and then you know the injury to Sean Monahan, like. You, you see what teams have paid for centers this the last couple of weeks? Sean Monahan with the year that he started to have prior to injury with 17 points in 25 games, they would have it would have had a massive return. And that's on top of the first round pick that they already got to take him. We've been talking a lot about first round picks in 2023 being stacked. Are you surprised or kind of, you know, laissez-faire as far as the amount of first round picks that have been moved out for the 2023 draft? Am I surprised? Not really, because everyone sort of has a spreadsheet that they equate the value to. And Mm. once you get past a certain number pick, they kind of view them all as the same. And that's why I think you saw... At the end of the day, between the teams that were in the mix for Jacob Chikrin, whether it included Pittsburgh and Buffalo and some other teams, they went with Ottawa because they felt like Ottawa's the highest, likely to be the highest pick mm-hmm. of any of the ones that they could acquire for this season. And that was a huge reason why. So try and get inside that top 15 if you can, and you never know. All right, Frank, before I let you go, um, is there 
a ju- and I know you'd obviously write about it. Is there a bigger name out there that potentially could be dealt that we haven't really talked enough about or at all? Is there a giant name out there who potentially could get dealt? Um, was it Dylan Larkin before he signed that extension? No, no, Dylan Larkin was never leaving. Like mm. that, and that was the problem in his negotiating path. Was like mm. everyone knew he's a Michigan kid. Has played all of his hockey in Michigan. He was never going. And if it was like a couple million bucks here or there, he was never leaving. I, I heard JT Miller's name being thrown around yesterday. Yeah. Look, it's possible. And enough teams have talked about him that it's entirely possible. Here's the thing. The Canucks are looking for another center first. So if you see them trade for another center today, that means JT Miller's on his way out the door. But I don't think they're going to create that hole unless they know who's filling it mm. based on the contract that they have signed. And so enough teams have asked, but they're not really serious about moving him. And but but teams can fit him under the cap with that monster deal that kicks in next year. Well, yeah, it's next year. Okay. They worry about that then. It's only five and change this year. Mm-hmm. All right, Frank Cervalli. The problem is if you retain on the five and change, according to the NHL CBA, that also means you retain on the next contract Ooh, the oh same boy. percentage. <laughs> and so, if you see him move, it's not going to be with any retained salary. Um, and by the way, can NHL be any more Buzz Killington? We're finally getting some deals, and they're like, "Don't trade for guys who are long-term injured <laughs> reserve. We have our eye on you." <laughs> Come on, you don't like a little Gary Bettman stink eye? Yeah, but it's yeah. like it's like we all complain about there's no movement ever in the NHL, and now like it's been a potpourri of moves, and fans are really pleased with all the movement. But the NHL is like, enough with the fun. Hey, stop! Don't it. trade long-term injured reserve Dude, guys. If I see Shea Weber move one more time, yeah. Do you know what I'm actually more alarmed about? Okay, it is that. We've been talking for the last number of months. I've been telling you guys this really consistently that I've never been more convinced that the salary cap is going up next season based on the pressures that will be on owner from owners and players. Mm-hmm. With all this movement and the flat cap, I think, unfortunately, this is going to embolden the commissioner's office to stick to their guns of the CBA and say, Look, it hasn't changed the enter- entertainment value of the deadline. Oh there were Uh-oh. plenty of player transactions. You know, go fly a kite. That's great. Um, and he's he's on pace to be the longest serving commissioner in the big four major sports in North America next year. Mm-hmm. But the league's made a ton of money under Gary Bettman, but it's also shut down for an entire season under his watch. Uh, Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff. Frank, terrific stuff. I guess try to get some sleep, but that's probably not going to happen for you here. Go, get us, that, go get us that Saturday. return on Tyler Bertuzzi first. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll try. All right. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. See Great you guys. stuff. Uh, there's Frank Cervalli uh, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. JT Miller getting traded. Yeah, I don't know. If I'm the Canucks, I'm saying yes to whatever anybody wants to do there because... See you, but um, yeah. Look, like yeah. Pittsburgh let, was showing the door some, hit you, but it, it looked like Pittsburgh was showing some interest in JT Miller yesterday. Yeah, before the, the then Grandland they went out move. and got Grandlin. But yeah, I was talking with, with talked with Jamie Dodd there a couple days back. He wouldn't be surprised if they see JT Miller out, and I think a lot of Canucks fans would be like, "Wow, this is they, they actually moved out both Horvat and Miller after both <laughs> were going to have supposedly." Contract extensions as of last July. And we have no centermen. Great. Woo. <laughs> uh, apparently, um, <laughs> the Bruins doing this deal because uh, it's not good news for Taylor Hall in his lower body injury. Ooh. Ooh okay. LTIR, maybe? I don't know. And we saw uh, Nick Felino get hurt. And that did not look good. That did not look good either. It was that awkward, and he and he was he had put no weight it was on his just right like a, leg. Was a it normal right collision? I, yeah, I think it was his left that he wasn't putting weight on. It looked like it, you know, when it it's something look like good. that. Yeah, you you think lower body something went pop, and you hope for the best. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the Flames are going to do, if anything. Like I like I I feel like they'll do something because they always do. Like I would be stunned if they go through the entire year without making a trade, but. I don't know. Like what Frank says, like I don't think we're going to get anything during our show tomorrow, George. Also, yeah. how are you handling nap time tomorrow? <laughs> Nothing's going to change. I'm going to nap <laughs> and I'm going to wake up and then <laughs> everything's going to be over. What am I going to miss? 
No, but what am I going to miss for like, you know, that big four hour gap between like 2 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Eastern when it's the deadline? Like the last hour of the deadline, which is noon to one Calgary time, like, but that's but, when the deals start rolling in. But I would also argue that this deadline has had way more action in these five days leading up to it. So what if GMs start doing their deals in the morning instead? I wonder if this is going to be what a trend going forward. All the legwork today, and they get it done during our show tomorrow. That would be fantastic <laughs> so we can break down trades live on the air. That would be good, especially if the Flames... That'd be, could you imagine the Flames pull off a blockbuster while we're on the air? An absolute that'd be super banger. Fun. Like, of out move. of nowhere, they pull off this big deal. It would I, be fun. I, I would not be surprised if the Flames had a depth blue liner, something that we've been talking about for months here. Have you been on the air when a team you're covering has had a big oh, blockbuster? Oh, yeah. I was on the air for the Neil Lucic one in the middle of the summer. I was on the air when George Springer got traded or signed with the Blue Jays. That's... That would have been that a significant. Was a juicy one. Yeah. That was a juicy one. That was a lot of money. I was uh, yeah. working when Kachuk got traded. Ooh. Oh. Was, I was working 660, so I was doing 660 sports updates, and it came through. It was like 930 7:30. on a Friday yeah, or something It was like a that. Friday night stampede was going on, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, yeah, I was here oh, when that Kachuk deal broke. I was uh, doing a show in the morning when John Gibbons got fired. Oh, okay. Dib, dib, dib. Dib, dib, John no Gibbons. More freebies, but uh, No, no, sorry, not John Gibbons. Uh, this is before I came. <laughs> this is, uh, I just, uh, right away, I think John Gibbons, I just want to do my cheesy John Gibbons. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, go get him there, boys. No more freebies, bud. Uh, that's it, no more freebies for you, bud. I don't jump on the show. Um, <laughs> I was on the. Yeah, uh, I felt something in my butt. Yeah, I was on the, uh, on the air when Charlie Montoyo got fired. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, get off the year. We got to put Blair and Barker on, which they should. <laughs> we got to return on Bertuzzi. Yeah. Oh, what is it? 2024 first to Detroit and a 2025 fourth. Okay. That is not a price you had to pay, man. That's a big move, and that guy wanted to play in playoffs so bad. Yeah, okay. Good move for Boston. Where'd you get Feels the return? Frank Cervelli. Of course he did. Thanks off the phone with <laughs> 30 us. seconds later, done. He's on it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if I was on the air. I must have for some big trade. But yeah, like it's 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 part of the fun here on Sports Talk Radio. Like it'd be great if the Flames made a big move while we're on the air tomorrow. Then you blow up your show and then you go try to get as many guests as possible. You tell all your guests, sorry, we're canceling on you. Yeah. And then you do we a full talk 180. About, yeah. yeah. I had the, uh, I was on the air when uh, Ginla retired. Yeah, I did. I did hear that clip, and you were and you were like frozen because you were devastated that Aginla retired. Stammering. Yeah, you were stammering, which is fine. Uh, pardon. Uh, straight ahead, though, um, we wouldn't we wouldn't preempt a Flames trade for Brody on the beat, like Brody <laughs> on the beat super saints any Flames trade. Listen, uh, Flames could win the Stanley Cup, be running a parade. There's one thing we certainly wouldn't skip. Yeah. As Brody on the beat. Oh, so the Flames just traded for Ivan Provorov, and uh, sorry, Brody on the beat first. <laughs> we're doing and uh the snow show with matt rose hard pass you you, are you ready for the snow show i'm ready i I did it yesterday yeah we still we still owe you a song and we got to do that in the near future yeah i um i have some ideas okay so because patrick was a little banged up yesterday and it's deadline week we're gonna patrick and i have to sing to you next week we're gonna do it next week for sure because we got to pay up our bet for, for losing to you in the Sports Select pick segment mm-hmm. for the season. All right, Brody on the beat, uh, snow show. We're giving away two tickets to Cowboys presenting the fifth annual wing-off in sport of Kidsport Calgary. Outside of the Oilers, who's the team you hate the most in the NHL and why? 960-960, name and location. Tons to go. At the top of the hour, too, uh, we're going to talk to Rick Ball, the voice of the Flames, for Sportsnet and Nick Kiprios, co-host of Real Kipper and Bourne, former NHL at 8.30, tee up this Flames and Leafs matchup tonight down at the Dome. And Kipper's super dialed in, so we'll get some more trade rumors from Kipper as well. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's Thursday. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. He is the voice for your Calgary Flames on Sportsnet. Rick Ball will join us. T 
tee up the Flames and Leafs tonight down at the Dome. I'm assuming it's going to be a good atmosphere tonight at the game. You'll probably see a lot of blue sweaters in the crowd tonight. And that's why I'm asking you at 960-960. Um, outside of the Oilers, of course, who's the team in the NHL you hate the most? 960-960, name and location. Um, you get If we pick your text, uh, you win a pair of tickets to Cowboys presenting the fifth annual wing-off in support of Calgary Kids Sport, which goes down a week tonight. So you got lots of time to plan it. And it's a fun event. Yeah, Trust really me. fun event. Um, what's the team you hate the most outside of the Oilers? 960-960, name and location. Uh, Flames and Leafs go down tonight, down at the Dome. And... Uh, I'm assuming it's Jacob Markstrom and that he will, uh, I would, I would bet after the dollars comments. to donuts <laughs> after what uh, Daryl Sutter said yesterday, uh, they need Jacob Markstrom to take this team into the playoffs and he needs to snap into being Jacob Markstrom or at least a reasonable facsimile of what he was last season. So uh, it starts tonight. It's another situation, much like the Bruins, a very good Maple Leafs teams coming into town on the back end of a back-to-back against the Oilers in Edmonton. Uh, Joseph Wall is starting in that tonight for the Leafs. Sure That is. potentially could be good news for the Calgary Flames. And if you can take three out of four points against the Bruins and Maple Leafs, that would be a very successful stretch here this week as you stare against a uh, matchup with the Wild Saturday night at home here at the Dome. But Leafs, uh, they beat the Leafs tonight. Maybe they go out there and make that depth move defenseman, which is something that a lot of us have been talking about for months here in Calgary. Wouldn't be shocked. Uh, right now, the forward group looks pretty set, but with the injury popping up to Michael Stone, listen, Dennis Gil- Gilbert, I almost did. Dennis Gilbert, Gilbert. I almost did it by accident Yeah, on purpose. Uh, Dennis Gilbert has been solid, but he also isn't getting a ton of ice time. So it wouldn't shock me if they do look and, to address that. And it, I think it's appropriate, the amount of ice time he's getting. And, and when you want a nice stay-at-home guy to play with Zadorov, because he's been riverboat gambling here a little bit too much lately. Wanted Luke Shen. Yeah. Would have been nice. But at the same time, yeah, that's kind of exactly what you'd look for. Like an Eric Branson type. Not at $4 million right. for the next three years. Right? Like that pair last year was a real key in how the Flames were able to defend around Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. Now It'll be interesting what they do. Because I think maybe that's at that top of the list just based on... And again, if they go out there and add a top six forward, I'd be really surprised. And it's something that they've kind of needed all season. But since they've united uh, Huberto and Pelche together with Kadri, that line's been pretty good. And it actually goes with how Huberto plays. Because he's he was effective against the Bruins. He yep. was making those little Huberto plays that we saw early on in the season and the preseason. Like, Huberto's obviously the key to that line. And Pelche's been good using his speed. Walker Dewar's been using his speed on the fourth line. I think that depth defenseman to play with Zadorov is something they really need to explore here if they're thinking about being a playoff team. And just get some GD saves from Jacob Markstrom here down the stretch. I'm fascinated to watch him tonight, above all else. Because like we talked about, you know, he didn't start the game. He skipped the first period, which was great because he came in and he was lights out, despite not seeing a lot of action. Like, there was, what, five shots in the first period. The Bruins ended up with 20 on in, when it was all said and done, something like that. So I'm intrigued to see how he bounces back, plays in this game. Yeah. See if he can string a couple of solid performances together and, against two very good teams. And we keep getting um, texts about Chillington. He, he's not going to play this season. I think that that ship has sailed. That Absolutely. Like, even if he showed up to Calgary tomorrow, like, how many weeks is it going to take for that guy to get into game shape? Two? Yeah, like to the point where I listen to all these guys every day, the insiders, Frank and Elliot and Jeff, whoever it was, they said that there might be a mechanism for the Flames to move Shillington to long-term injured relief if they need to, to get a little bit of cap relief. Um, so that's probably more likely than a return at this point. Uh, we're getting a lot of great texts here and a lot of... Uh teams I wouldn't really think of that Flames fans hate outside of the Oilers, but there's some good ones here. 960, 960, name and location. Text team McTexterson um, will read some of them for your chance to win a pair of t- tickets to Cowboys' fifth annual wing-off in support of Calgary Kidsport, which goes down a week tonight. But we didn't have it last week because it was so damn cold outside. Like, it was bitterly cold, and it wasn't fair 
to Alex Brody to go out there to talk to people who probably wouldn't be in the mood to talk because it was so cold last week. But Brody on the beat returns. Uh, Alex, you uh, went to the streets of Calgary. Yes, sir. And you asked people what question? All right. So with the trade deadline literally being tomorrow, we thought it was only only made sense, pardon me, for us to ask the people of Calgary if they could trade anything in their life, what would it be and what would they trade it for? Okay. So kind of left a lot of room open for some interesting answers, which are, are the kind of ones I love. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's essentially why we ask those types of questions, because uh, we want to see what our listeners and, quite frankly, the non-listeners of the radio station have to say about potentially trading somebody or something in their life. Let's do it. It's time for the best segment in Canadian radio. That always makes me laugh. Basically, the NHL trade deadline right around the corner. It's actually on Friday. All I want to know is if you could trade anything in your life, what would it be and what would you trade it for? Oh, geez. Uh, I'd trade my debt for more money. (laughs) My bank account for a girlfriend. (laughs) Wow. I would trade the Vancouver Canucks whole team and I'd make sure that I would trade for Connor McDavid to be my center. Do you think... That the Canucks are all the entire Canucks team. Do you think they're worth Connor McDavid? <laughs> uh, I would say yes. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. No. Okay. No worries. Nope. Just, just ignored. Nope. That's fine. Uh, I probably trade uh, a car for a nicer car, maybe. <laughs> I would trade work for more time with my family. Oh, that's, that's a very nice. sensible option. Would you kind of maybe throw any other considerations in there, like little bonuses, perks? Uh, spend time with my family in the tropics would be even better. Okay. All I want to know from you is if you could trade anything in your life, and I mean anything, what would it be and what would you trade it for? My girlfriend for a new one. Why is that? Can you, can you elaborate a little bit? I love her to death, but you know what? It's over. <laughs> wow. I, mean, oh. I guess I got it all. I wouldn't change anything. Really? Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't change anything. I'm actually happy. I'm in my 30s and I'm happy with my life, so I wouldn't trade anything, yeah? yeah? Well, I trade this weather for sunnier, warmer weather. Maybe Victoria. How's that? I would probably trade my vehicle for first row tickets to the home opener next year in Toronto. Really? Really? Wow. What kind of vehicle do you have? That's a 2000 Jeep Cherokee. It's nothing special. (laughs) Well, there you go. About first round tickets. (laughs) So would you trade them advancing on the first round? There's no guarantee after that over like a team or a season where they won't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I would trade. I would trade a first round win if the, for them not to make it next year. So I, I feel like I need to explain that last guy a little bit better. Um, pulled up on Stephen Av, Leafs jersey, crazy. I had to like chase pick this guy out because I saw the Leafs jersey right. And I was like, gotta talk to this guy. So I had like a three minute interview with him. Well, um, I asked him a bunch of questions, but. Uh, yeah, he was diehard Leafs fan, and yeah, he would take a season of getting out of the first round if it meant that the Leafs didn't make the playoffs the next mm. season. Uh, I kind of want to circle back for next time, Alex. If somebody says they want to get rid of their girlfriend and it's over, <laughs> you need to ask for his name and what the girlfriend's name is next time. Oh, goodness. Well, I, I did a follow-up. You need to drag him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want to know what his name is and what the girlfriend's name is. Yeah, when he said that, I was just like, can, can you elaborate? Like, I was like, can I get some more? I, I just hope that his girlfriend was listening to that this morning. Oh, yeah, she probably was. And was like, wait, I recognize that voice. Whoa, wait what? a minute, it's over? And all as, of a sudden, tears. As, as they're driving to work? Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be a little awkward. Or maybe he's like, hey, there's this new show that I want you to listen to. Yeah. There's this thing. that You got to hear it. And he's just praying that Alex is using his clip and Brody on the beat. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, that's the way it goes. Sorry, we're done. I can't tell it to her face. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, Do we have enough time to get to a lot of text messages? Or do you want to give the prize away now? What do you want to do, Patrick? Do you want to do it after Kipper? Like what? Do a couple of giveaway later. We'll do a couple. There's a lot here. I want to, let's do like. Five now, and we'll do some okay. after. Okay. So we've been asking you, and then we'll do the snow show, which is my second show. favorite segment of the week. Post uh, Brody on the beat, and then the snow show. Yeah, okay. N- nothing is yeah, great. Is, is fun. Just so um, 
we asked you outside of the Oilers, of course, who's the team you hate the most in the NHL and why? Mm-hmm. 969-60. Oh, Texty, what do we got for us today? Dustin from Brooks. I hate the Leafs because of the amount of media coverage they get. Guy gets a new pair of skates and it headlines for weeks. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. Go Bandits. Yeah, it's true. All right, what else, Texty? Chris from Calgary. I hate the Bruins. I grew up in Montreal in the 80s and hated them and their incredibly obnoxious fan base. Mm. Hands down the worst fans in the league. Oh. oh. Mm. Down. Doubling down, laying down the gauntlet. <laughs> I, would ass- gauntlet. I would assume he's not a fan of the Jack Edwards either. No. <laughs> no. I would assume. No, he, he hates Jack Edwards probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I would assume that. Uh, more from Texty? Terrence in Calgary. Canucks. Any team who, after getting to the promised land, could then burn their city down. <laughs> they are Toronto West. Okay. And I know that when it comes to Vancouver, uh, they'd never admit it, but they they are they they want to be considered like Toronto West. And every time the Leafs come in there and they play at four o'clock Vancouver time, that's Saturday. That really makes people mad in Vancouver. Oh, oh yeah, big time. Yeah, I um, I will always dunk on the Canucks for when they burn their town down after losing. That's 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 good. That's good for me. That was fun. Yeah, to watch from a distance. Yeah. And not own a business in downtown. Um, we also got the text. I don't think the other eight people listening right now would be his girlfriend. <laughs> well, that's you listening. Um, me, Maddie, Patrick, and Alex. My, I know Arter Boss is listening, so that's six. My dad said he was going to listen today. Seven. I know my buddies listen. There's about probably about 12 people listening. A tidy dozen. At yeah, least. At least right now. What else we got, Texty? Mark in Calgary, Bakersfield Condors. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sam suck on Condors. that, Bakersfield. Yeah. I hate the Oilers AHL affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they played in Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma that was my favorite too. Yeah, OKC Oilers. Yeah, I love it. All right, <laughs> that's pretty good. Who was that from? That was from Mark. Okay, Mark. I well think done, Mark's Mark. the clubhouse leader that's right now. That's a good one. There's very good clever. Ones. That's very clever. Yes. I do like that. What else we got, Texty? Dylan from the Foothills. I actually hate the Leafs more than the Oilers. Spending time in Edmonton, Oilers fans are annoying, but nothing worse than Leaf fans. At least the Oilers are in Alberta, unlike the Leafs from Toronto. (laughs) Okay. Look at that. Geography. Yep. Bingo. Uh, The thing is about Leaf fans is they don't care about the rest of the NHL. Not at all. Like, not at all. Like, they probably didn't even know who Sam Lafferty was. No. Who Jake McCabe was. Nope. They Gustafson. only care about the Leafs. Maybe Gustafson because he played against yeah. them in the playoffs. And I will tell you that <laughs> people in Alberta love hockey, and they actually follow the sport outside of their teams. They love, they love, they love everything about it. Junior hockey, the AHL, they follow everything. In Toronto, all they care about is the Leafs, and that's it. There's no other hockey that matters. Once the Leafs are eliminated from the playoffs, which will probably happen soon against the Tampa Bay Lightning, nice. shut it down. The NHL doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's, that's just the attitude. They also have other things to do there. Like, oh, Leafs are out. Now I'm going to watch the Jays. Sure, but we watch the Jays here too. Yeah, but it's not the same. You can't go to a Jays game. It's different. Okay. But it's still the summer thing to do. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll get to more text later on. 960-960, uh, we're giving away a pair of tickets to the 5th Annual Wing Off in support of Calgary Kids Sport that goes down at Cowboys a week tonight, uh, which is outside of the Oilers, of course, which is the team you hate the most in the NHL and why. Uh, this just going back to Brody on the beat. Did you see this text as well? Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, the one about the cigarettes? No, I, I did not. What- hey, hey, hon, listen to this Brody on the beat while I run out to get cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Talk about a great passive-aggressive way to end a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Doing just, it on the radio like that. But you don't smoke. Like, if you if you wanted to break up with your significant other, feel free to call us at any time. 403-240-4444. We will put you on the radio. Yeah, by all means. I know Maddie Rose loves love. I do. But if you want to break up with your girlfriend live on the radio, eh, we'd probably take the call. I do love people. We don't, but we'd have to make sure it's actually really happening. 
Yeah, no fake breakups. No, we don't want that. Yeah, I want real heartbreak. Yeah, we don't want that. I don't want fake emotions. Uh, yeah. Rick Ball is the voice of the Flames for Sportsnet, and he's joining us uh, straight ahead. But first, uh, the ski, the snow show, or ski show too, and snowboarding show. No, it's show. the snow show, George. Yeah, I know it is. Uh, the snow show, and for that, uh, can we play the cool guitar music, um, Alex? Give me the riff. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Maddie. Kill it. The Snow Show is brought to you by Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gears and expert staff, Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or Airport location today or head to skiwest.ca. A lot of snow over the last week, but not a lot of snow in the last 24 hours. Castle Mountain just updated this morning. They've had about a half inch of snow in the last day. All of their trails are open. Five of their six lifts are open. And you know, because it's the weekend, Castle Mountain has their usual weekend festivities, live music in the T-Bar Pub Friday night with Eves and Bruns playing some tunes, open mic Saturday, musical punk rock bingo on Sunday, and of course, Alpenland Demo Day on Saturday. Lake Louise is hosting the North Face Junior Big Mountain Challenge, part of the North American Freeride Junior Tour. Free riders compete over two days, judged on all sorts of things. It is a national event for ages 7 to 18. Registration is sold out, but should be a fun part of the weekend at Lake Louise. They've got 125 of their 164 trails open, all of their lifts, a nice base of 50 inches of packed powder, and they've received almost an inch of snow in the last 24 hours. Marmot Basin, 43 inches packed powder base. All of their trails are open. All their lifts are open. At Norquay, they've got a 76-inch powder base as well, 100% of their trails, 100% of their lifts, a couple of stay and apres events Saturday at the Lone Pine Pub too. From 4 to 5, they're hosting a Prosecco tasting, George. You love your bubbles? Ooh, I do. Lift tickets get you in, but you also got to register only 20 spots to so check out their website. After that, night skiing and trivia night from 8.30 to 9.30. That goes in the Lone Pine Pub. Nikiska Ski Area has a 29-inch base depth. 65 of their 75 trails are open. They've got four of their six lifts open as well. And then at Sunshine Village, 65 inches on the base depth. 129 of 145 trails are open and all 11 lifts. Going to be a fun weekend out on the mountains. That is for sure. And that's the snow show. It's brought to you by Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff, Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport location today or head to Ski West. .ca. Uh, got one more quick text I want to squeeze in before we get to Rick Ball. I love that. Let's go. Um, we're asking you, 960-960, name and location. Outside of the Oilers, of course, who's the team you hate the most in the National Hockey League or even in the American Hockey League, <laughs> which American <laughs> Hockey League teams are getting shade. Uh, but right now, I got to get to one more before we get to the break. Oh, texty. Will in Calgary, I hate the Capitals. <laughs> Those commie loving bastards. <laughs> Also, Kim, it's over. <laughs> wow, Kim, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Kim. Apparently, it's over. That's from Will and Calgary. Ugh. Not oh, a good man. day to be Kim. Will and Kim, such a good run you had. I thought I thought they were perfect together. <laughs> also, <laughs> all good things come to an end, Matty Rose. <laughs> they all do. Doesn't like the Capitals either, hey? No, those commie <laughs> bastards. <laughs> all right, Rick Ball, the voice of the Flames. Straight ahead. And Nick Kiprios uh, talks some NHL rumors. Uh, Flames game day. Flames and Leafs tonight. We have it for you. The, when's the coverage going after the show? It's when it essentially starts. Uh-huh. Um, it's all straight ahead. One more hour to go of our portion of the big show. Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan.